All righty, all righty. Go ahead and find a seat. We'll get started. So good to be here this morning with you. My name is Michael, one of the pastors here. Been out of town the last few weeks. Our family, we got to hit like seven national parks over 20 days, live out of a car. <clears throat> Excuse me, it's pretty, uh, pretty crazy. But this is in uh, Glacier National Park, Grinnell uh, Glacier, a hike that we uh, took as a family. So isn't that beautiful? It's Glacier flower that like all their water in Glacier National Park looks like um, Baja Blast, you know, it's where you go to get it. It's uh, just beautiful. Uh, we, we were on this hike about five minutes into the hike. We saw a grizzly bear about 20 feet from us, uh, but uh, they were just eating berries, so didn't even care that we were there, but uh, we had the bear spray ready. It was, uh, it was crazy, but it's good, to, it's good to be here with you this morning. We have tablets that are going through the aisle. If you're new, that's our way to stay connected as a church family. And so, you know, uh, whether you're new here or you've been here, and check in on that tablet. That helps us pray for you throughout the week and, and, and helps us stay close together as a church family. And so that's a great, a great tool for us. Uh, th- this morning, we're going to finish off the book of Philippians, right? We've been working through this series. We started a, a few months ago. It's called um, Heavenly Citizens. And, and, and this morning, we're going to finish it off with, with God's Word reminding us of, of our purpose in life as a, as a follower of, of Jesus. And what, a, what an important time to be reminded of our purpose in life, right? What an important time to be reminded of who we are uh, in Christ, especially right now in 2022 when it's like there's waves of, of just headlines coming at us. It feels like every day. Of, of uh, you know, the economy. I mean, if you look at the news, the economy's falling apart, our country's falling apart, that scares you. And, and uh, you know, there's, there's always pandemic concerns that are going on. Uh, there's new diseases uh, coming to get us, you know, any minute now, and that, that, that's scary. And at the political level, you know, the House and the Senate, and for those who follow that, your heartbeat is beating a little bit faster. And then there's 2024 already being talked about. And so just waves just kind of crashing in. Honest, and it's, it's not even just at the global level, but even in our personal lives, careers, you know, just trying to figure out like how, how is our career going to work out? How's this housing market going to work out? And, 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 and what's going to happen with the Ukraine? And what's going to happen uh, with abortion? And what's going to, what's going to, you know, you're just like, oh, <laughs> and it's, it's easy to kind of get uh, uh, kind of hijacked by all these headlines and our hearts and our minds get anchored to these to these things and God's word is going to remind us man this is our purpose no matter what's going on in the circumstances of our day this is who we are as citizens of of heaven uh, even you know on a you're probably thinking like Michael I came to church to not think about those headlines and you're reminding me of those headlines and it's it's scaring me but that's okay we don't need to be scared by those headlines we need to be reminded and God's word is going to remind us of our purpose in Christ as heavenly citizens so we're going to see the Lord provides verses 10 to 13 we are blessed to give verses 14 to 18 and we go uh, together verses 19 to 23 so let's tackle this first one the Lord Provides. Grab that devotional, turn to page 235. <clears throat> we have a, a few more weeks in our devotional. Uh, we have our new one in process of, of being launched. I'm so excited to introduce that to you. I know we got little ones in, in here uh, with us this morning, so uh, you know, don't, don't worry about the little ones. It's going to be a fun time uh, digging into uh, God's Word. Let's look at verse 10. 
I'll read, you follow along. It says, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked opportunity. So while we were gone, we had different people uh, teaching us uh, through Philippians, different friends coming in uh, to walk us through uh, chapters 3 and beginning of chapter 4. Our very own Roberto Moctezuma leaning into that pulpit, learning how to communicate God's word. So thankful for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know it's likely that not any of us have heard, you know, every uh, message on Philippians. So just in case you're a little confused, because we're finishing off the book of Philippians today. Uh, or if, so if you miss some messages or you're, or you're a little bit lost, we'll start off with some, some questions. A little Q&A, a little quiz to kind of get us all back on the same page. We'll start off easy. Think to yourself, you, you don't have to answer out loud, but think to yourself, who wrote Philippians? Right? Do you know who wrote Philippians. Think about that for a second. Who wrote Philippians? God wrote Philippians, but he moved through a specific person, right? Uh, That's the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul wrote Philippians. Think to yourself, who who did he write Philippians to? Who's the original audience? The title gives it away, right? The people in Philippi, right? All right, you guys are sharp. Wheels are turning, right? That's good. Third question, do you know the title of our series in Philippians. We've already mentioned it a couple of times. Think to yourself, can you, can you recall the title of our series, right? Heavenly Citizens. All right, we're getting a little more confident. Everybody's feeling pretty good. A little harder now, a little harder. Do you remember the verse in Philippians that points us to the title of our series? Think to yourself, right? It was covered while I was gone. Do you know where in Philippians? Chapter 3, verse 20, the Apostle Paul writes, For we are citizens of heaven. I didn't come up with that on my own. I plagiarized it, took it right out of, of the, the Bible. Citizens of heaven. That's a, that's a good one for us. Last question. Which chapter in Philippians covers the most glorious passage about Jesus? Think to yourself. Do you know the chapter that covers this glorious description of who we have in Christ. You got four chapters. You got 25% chance. Two. Look at Risa showing off. Chapter two, right? We see the glorious description of Jesus, that he did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking on the form of a bond servant, right? So there. Therefore, in verse 10, that's the Apostle Paul right, that he's writing, but I rejoice, as the Apostle Paul, or he rejoiced, and he's writing about the provision that he has received from the church in Philippi. Does that make sense? These are people. The Apostle Paul's not with them. He's actually in prison, and so he's, he's been supported financially, emotionally, relationally, spiritually, all the, all the LYs, by the, the Philippian church, and so he's referencing that. Look at verses 11 and 12. It says, not that I speak from want, For I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. That word content, it means to be at peace, right? He's learned to be at peace no matter the circumstances. I know how to to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. So in verses 11 and 12, we see a contrast of highs and lows. Do you see that? It's repeated three times, right? Of having humble means, having poverty, 
Not having a lot and having, and having a lot and having prosperity. To be hungry and to be full. That's talking about our appetite. To have lots of provision and have a little provision. You see it, the contrast? Remember, we're talking about our purpose in Christ. We're talking about who we are, citizens of, of heaven. We're not, we're not just citizens of, of, of the United States or of Mexico or Canada. If we're in Christ, we're citizens of heaven. we got these waves coming, coming at us. And, and God's word this morning, as he closes out this letter, is reminding us that he is the one who provides. right? That he is the one that takes care of us. You see that? You see it in verse 11? He says, For I have learned to be content. No matter the waves, the challenges, the hiccups, the problems in life, he's learned to be content. That word learned in verse 11 is a learning that we gain through experience over time. Does that make sense? Right? You just don't pop out of the womb being content in the Lord. You don't just come to faith in Jesus and you're automatically content in whatever circumstances. But over time, you learn to trust in the Lord, your faith grows. That's why we're here this morning, to grow in our faith so that we can be content in whatever circumstance. Right? I'm, I'm 47 years old. I came to faith at, at, at 18, and so over 30 years, I can't write what the Apostle Paul writes. I can't say in whatever circumstance. <laughs> That's pretty broad. But in many circumstances, I, I, I can, with the Apostle, I can say I've learned to be content to trust in the Lord. Do you see it? The Lord's provision. That's not something you just get automatically. Young people, listen to me. You're not just going to automatically be content in the Lord. But that's what you're doing right now is you're learning to be content. You're learning to trust in the Lord, that his character, that his nature, that he is trustworthy. That's why I came to faith when I was 18 years old, I didn't grow up around church. I didn't grow up around the Bible. I didn't know what that meant. And yet he called me to trust in him. And I began that process of like, oh, you know, like, a, like Bambi on ice. of just like, oh, like this is, right? And then he called me to, to follow him. I'm like, okay, all right, let's see what happens. And then he brought this woman in my life. He says, marry her. I didn't want to be married one day. I wasn't excited about marriage. I'm 23 years old. My parents divorced when I was three years old. My, my, my mom had been through seven marriages. I mean, I was just like, marriage is for the birds. And yet he, he says, no, marry, marry this woman. I was like, oh, okay. And I, 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 I stepped into it, and I'm learning to trust him, right? And then he calls me to have children. I wasn't that guy who loved kids. I was annoyed by kids. I wasn't sure I wanted to have kids. And then we started praying about that, and the Lord put on my heart to have children. I mean, my being a dad, like my dad wasn't in the picture. I didn't know what it was to be a dad. I wasn't sure what that was going to be like. I was super nervous, and yet he called me to do it. And I kind of kind of entered into it. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, I'll, I'll follow you, right? And over time, we're, I'm growing. I'm learning to trust him in whatever circumstances. It's not just things in my past. Like I'm doing it right now. Like as, I, as I'm walking through the volatility of our day, like at a personal level, my, uh, my brother passed away. My mom passed away. My dad passed away. Like, my immediate family's gone. Like, I'm, I'm the only one in the, in the picture. Like, I'm not, like, I'm affected by that. Like, my feet are, like, straight up in the air, like, trying to figure out how to walk through that. Like, a roller coaster of emotions. And as I do that, the Lord is teaching me right now. Trust him. I'll take care of you. 
you can follow me. I'll provide the Lord's provision in any circumstance. That's what the Apostle Paul's getting at in that passage. So much so, in verse 12, look at verse 12. He says, this learning, in verse 11, this learning, it's a secret. Who doesn't love a secret? Look at that, how mysterious. It's a secret. What a, what a gift. Like, do you know? Do you know that secret? It's a secret gift that the Lord gives to his people. That if you're a citizen of heaven, that if he calls you his, right? I mean, everybody loves a secret. You have two people whispering. You lean in to hear that secret. And what he's saying there in verse 12 is you can't take a shortcut on the secret. You can't, you can't find that peace in his provision through a shortcut. It is something we learn over time. And it's connected to trusting in him. Whether it's the pandemic, whether it's the economy, whether it's our careers, whether it's our marriage, whether it's our friendships in school and being left out of certain groups, whether it's our academics not doing well on that test, as the world just leads us through this roller coaster of life. He's saying, look, as a follower of Christ, he calls you his. You can trust him. What a gift we have that he will take care of us. It doesn't mean we're safe from danger. It doesn't mean we're going to get rich one day, get a big house, go on all vacations, and everything's going to work out in life. But it does mean the Lord will provide and take care of us every step of the way. Do you know that secret, church family? Do you know that gift? Do you know, do you know how sweet that is to get rocked by this world and you're just filled with terror? And then the Holy Spirit reminds you, you're in Christ. It's such a gift. It's such a gift that he, he gives us. Well, our culture is not going to teach you that truth, church family. Our culture is going to teach you that if you want to be content in life, then the headlines of the day need to be okay. That if you want to find peace in life, then, then you've got to be in that social circle, and you've got to climb that ladder, and you've got to get that title, and you've got to get that bank account. And if you can keep all those plates spinning, then you too can have that peace. Then you've got, you got to unlock your inner self. That's not what God's word teaches. That if you want to find contentment, if you want to find peace, it's not within, it's without. It's in Jesus. It's in the one who, who conquered death on the cross. The one that calls you his. Look at verse 13 as it continues to press in on this. Verse 13 says, the apostle Paul writes, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. All right, lean in with me because this is probably the most used verse in the Bible. Like you go to any sports team, like any, any youth group, right? They're going to have like tattoos and stickers. And you're going to, like you get this verse for like motivation in life. That you can achieve any goal you want in life because of verse 13. That's not what that teaches. Verse 13 is not a motivational scripture for you in life to accomplish your dreams. Because think about it practically. You are not going to do all things. I don't want to crush your dreams, young people. You're, you're not. Like, I'm not going to play for the NFL. I want to play for the NFL. I'm never going to play for the NFL. 
So it would be wrong for me to think, I can do all things through Christ. What are you doing, baby? I'm getting ready for the NFL, right? You No, no. I'm never going to fly. I want to fly. I want to be like Neo and just like, like take off into the air. That's never going to happen. And so listen to me. Don't take this passage out of context. Like, look at the context. The context isn't about you accomplishing goals in life. The context of our passage is about contentment in the Lord. Does that make sense? The context of verse 13 is that when we are in Christ, that we can trust him in all things. Write that down. It isn't that he's going to do all things in your life. It's that you can trust him in all things in life. No matter what happens in the economy, no, what happens, no matter what happens in our country, no matter what in our business, in our relationships, no matter what's happened in our past, what goes on in our future? Like if the Lord calls you his, citizens of heaven, you're good. He's going to take care of you. That's what he's talking about in verse 13. That's the secret. That we get to walk, like as we go through this life, we get to walk with like a confidence that we're in Christ as citizens of heaven. Like, you know that feeling you have when you get a new T-shirt and you show up, you know, to school or work and you feel a little bit better about yourself because you got, like, new shoes. You're like, oh, I got my new, my new outfit. And you're just like a little more pep in your step. Yeah, Jesus is like that times a bazillion. That's, that's what God's Word is teaching us, that when you are in Christ, you got pep in your step. I, he's going to take care of you in all things. Doesn't mean it's going to work out necessarily the way we want, but it means he will provide. Do you know how glorious that is? That is a gift. That's a secret that he gives to those who are his. To be able to pull up to a a red light and see a Ferrari next to you and look at that Ferrari and say to yourself, that Ferrari is beautiful, but I don't need you. Because I have Christ. Does that make sense? Like, you don't have to villainize the driver. You know, like, well, he's probably, you know, some loser. You know, he probably is corrupt. Do you know how many kids that could feed in Africa? Like, you know, like, you don't have to, like, justify, like, make yourself. You can look at it and be like, that Ferrari is beautiful. I don't need it because I have Christ. You can hear me talk about my vacation and Glacier National Park, see that beautiful lake. You don't have to get mad at me. You don't have to get upset. How much do we pay this guy? Look at these vacations he's going on, right? You don't have to villainize or justify. You can look at it. That's a beautiful vacation. When you're a Christ, you're like, I don't need it. I don't need it. I didn't need it. I wasn't like, if I don't go, I'm going it to. It's just a vacation, right? You know how, you know how powerful that is? That's a gift. That's a secret that you only get in Christ. That you can, you, can, you can hang out with friends, and you can be a person in life that wants to have children that can't have children and be around friends that have so many children. It's like too many children, and not feel threatened by that. You're like, children are a blessing from the Lord, but I have Christ. To be around somebody who's chasing after their dreams and their career, and for whatever reason, your dreams and your career aren't coming to fruition, but theirs are 
like overflowing and say, okay, that's hard. <laughs> that's difficult. I want those things also. But I have Christ. You have Christ. That's what he's getting. The Lord provides. That's our purpose as citizens of heaven, that we get to walk in that every, every day. Let's look at our second subpoint. We are blessed to give. Remember, we're talking about our purpose in Christ as heavenly citizens. We're remembering, even though there's difficult challenges, this is who we are as we walk through those challenges. Look at verses 14 and 15. It says, Nevertheless, you have done well to share with me in my affliction. See, Apostle Paul says, You yourselves also know, Philippians, that at the first preaching of the gospel, after I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, but you alone. So not only are we called to trust in the Lord, but in verses 14 and 15, we see God's word is modeling an example in the Philippian church of actively giving to others, to be a blessing to others. Do you see that in verses 14 and 15? I mean, in the context of the passage, verses 14 and 15, the, 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 the Philippian church, right, they're, they're giving financially, Emotionally, spiritually, prayerfully, like time, like, in, like they're, they're investing in the Apostle Paul and his ministry to start churches around the Roman Empire. And he's saying it's, it's such a big deal. Nobody else was doing it. I don't, I mean, is that hyperbole? I don't, I don't know. But he's, he's, he's highlighting that the Philippian church, they're, they're partnering in the gospel with them. They're, they're not just receiving the Lord's provision, but they're also looking, actively looking to give to his kingdom. Look at verses 16 and 17. He says, for even in Thessalonica, that's where another church is being started, you sent a gift more than once for my needs, not that I seek the gift itself, but I seek for the profit which increases to your account. This verse is so powerful. Like if you've ever been confused about like why do we give money? Like I don't like the Lord doesn't he doesn't need money. Like why we why do we give our time? Lord doesn't need time. Why do we? Why don't? Right? This is going to be so helpful, so helpful uh, to you because God's word is making it so clear that he's not inviting us to give, to invest in others in his kingdom because he needs us, right? He's not, he's not kind of wringing his hands and like, I sure hope they give that money. I don't know what I'm going to do if they don't pray for that person. I don't know. In fact, he says it so much right there. It's, like, it's not about that. You see that in verse 17? It's not that I seek the gift itself. It isn't about the gift, but it's about the profit which increases to your account. What does that mean? Somehow, I don't know if I fully understand this, somehow when we give, not just financially, think broadly, it's like all of our lives into his kingdom, that somehow we're giving to his kingdom in such a way that it, it increases to our account. That's funny to think about. It means when we give Financially, relationally, prayerfully, time. Like, like somehow it, it isn't about the gift, but it's, it's, it's about the opportunity of being a part of what the Lord is doing in, in his kingdom. Uh, I heard one pastor describe it this way of like, uh, 
You know how there's IRAs? Young people, if you don't know this, what, what, what adults will do sometimes is they'll prepare for their retirement by opening up what's called an IRA, an individual retirement account. And so over the life of working, they will put some money for when they get older, for when they can't work. And so what Scripture is teaching us is that in some way that when we are in Christ, when we are citizens of heaven, that we have an IEA, an individual eternal account. And that when we are giving of ourselves into his kingdom, that we are making an investment into that account the same way we would make that into an IRA. Does that make sense? There are IEAs, individual eternal accounts. So in the context of the passage, the Philippian church, they're just like us. They're working a job, you know, got to eat, got rent, all that kind of stuff. They could go buy another T-shirt, you know, toga, sandals, whatever they wore. I don't know. They, they could go on, a, you know, vacation, go to Rome, go to a gladiator event in the Colosseum. They, they could. They could go get another camel or a donkey. They could. They could and, but instead, what Scripture's teaching is that the Philippian church, what they did is they put that money into the, to the kingdom of God as the Apostle Paul started churches all over the Roman Empire. Isn't that amazing? I mean, so just think about that. You're like, is that amazing? Like, think about that. Like, because they gave, when nobody else was doing it, because they invested in the kingdom of God, like, 2,000 years later, it's still rippling a return on investment. Does that make sense? Because, like, we're studying about an investment they made 2,000 years ago. Like, like that, that's the greatest, like, investment ever. Does that make sense? Like, the kingdom of God just, like, rippled. And, like, I mean, whatever T-shirt they forsook in that moment would have come and gone, right? I mean, the gladiator event would have been a distant memory. The camel would have died. I mean, like, the vacation would have been forgotten. Like, that would have come and gone. And yet 2,000 years later, we're still benefiting from a sacrifice because they made that investment, not to... The physical gift, I don't care about that. I care about the increases to your account. And that's the opportunity we have to bless others. It's dividends. So in the same way, we need to ask ourselves this morning, as citizens of heaven, for we who are in Christ, what does that look like practically in our lives? To invest into that IEA, that individual eternal account. I mean, every time you, you give up time to invest in children's ministry on a Sunday morning, you're making a deposit into that IEA. Did you know that? Like, it's not just the hour that you serve in children's ministry, but you're depositing the eternal word of God into these little hearts and minds. And there's endless opportunities. Like decisions that are going to be made in the life of that kid, and spouses that are going to be had, and families that are going to be birthed, and grandchildren and great-grandchildren because of the investment of an hour on a Sunday in children's ministry. You're like, Michael, are you trying to just get us to do children's ministry? No, it's just the reality of everything we do in Christ. When we walk and pray in 78757 for the Lord to move and we pray for the businesses and the marriages and for our city, like, it's not just the hour that's the investment in the IEA. It's the rippling of opportunity that comes from that. 
That's, that's the opportunity that's before us. Every time we reconcile with each other, every time we resist the temptation to give into gossip and slander and, and cut off relationships, but instead we get face-to-face and we confess and we repent and we seek peace with one another, we're making an investment in that IEA, in the kingdom of God. Isn't that glorious? You say, Michael, are you just doing this so we give to fi- you know, financially to North Village Church? Like, I mean, I hope, if you're partners in our church family, I hope you're giving financially to our church family. But, but it's so much bigger than a financial gift on a Sunday morning. I mean, what verses 16 and 17, are, it's talking about the whole of your life. When you're in Christ, I mean, you're, you're thinking about your, your day at the office. You're thinking about the time with your children. You're thinking about your past, the parents he gave you, the pain that came up in your life, the future opportunity, like the whole of our lives. To give to his kingdom for his purposes, for his glory. I mean, we're called. No matter what the headlines, no matter the circumstances, we're called to, to bless others, to be a blessing to others. Would you think about that this morning? Because you can't outgive the Lord. Whether it's financially, emotionally, spiritually, relationally, like there's never a point where you're just like, oh, I ran out. Like, I really messed myself up. Like, the second point and the first point, they go together. Right? As, we, as, we, as we receive the Lord's provision in our life, we then become a conduit to then bless other people. And as we bless other people, he will continue to provide in our lives. Does that make sense? I, I, I mean, just a gut check for us. Like, If you don't find that you're investing in his kingdom... With the whole of our, like if we're not moving in that direction on some level, we're doubting his provision in our lives. Does that make sense? So like, you're, not, you're not waiting until like, well, when my family gets to a certain point or when my finances get to a certain point or when, 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 when my career gets to a certain point or when my emotional health gets to a certain point. Like, you're not waiting for that. You're you're stepping out in faith. You're, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to give. And then as I, as I give, I'm going to trust you to provide. Does that make sense? I mean, specifically, we can apply this principle at our, our, for our church family, even on our challenge, our three-circle gospel presentation challenge. Right? The, the, for the last 11 months, we've, we've been talking about 75 men and women sharing the three-circle gospel presentation. And as of right now, we got about a month left, so don't worry. We got nine people, nine people that have responded to that to that challenge, and about half of them are our teenagers. So our teenagers are are, are responding; they're trusting in the Lord. They stepped out in that faith, and so if you're sitting here today, which is the majority of us, and you've yet to participate in that challenge of sharing the gospel with the world, you got to do a gut check, and you got to ask yourself why. What am I trusting in? Where is my provision? Is it in the Lord or is it in myself or in my appearances or my social standing or my calendar or my career or whatever it might be? 
He's leaning in on us to trust him. You're not going to be able to outgive him. We've got one month left. Come on. Let's look at this last one. We go together. Verses 19 to 23. We're talking about our purpose as citizens of heaven, no matter the circumstances. Verses 19 to 23. And my God will supply all your need according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you, be with your spirit. In the final words, he's closing out. He's the last words of the letter to the Philippians. I want you to see that he's lifting, he's lifting their eyes. He's lifting our eyes to see that we're not alone. He's reminding them of the saints, the body of Christ, that we go together. Right? Do you see that? Right? We, when we started Philippians chapter 1, uh, we, we saw that uh, this church in Philippi, you can read about it in Acts chapter 16. Through a businesswoman named Lydia and a slave girl and a Roman centurion. These are Greek people living under Roman occupation. And yet the gospel seeds and sprouts and a new church is started. And, and I don't know how many people are with them. I don't, I don't know their circumstances. No doubt from the letter there's challenges. And so he's reminding them that in the midst of whatever's going on in their life that they're not alone. He says, we go together. We have, other, we have other people. You see that in verse 21. He's reminding them of the brethren, the brethren that are, that are in Rome. Remember, Paul's in prison at this moment. And he's reminding the people in Philippi. He's like, yeah, I'm in prison right now, but the gospel's still taking root. People are still coming to faith. And then in verse 22, he references Caesar's household. We don't even know what that means. Like in, in what level or capacity are Caesar's household involved in the Gospel, but in 21 and 22, the Apostle Paul, he's closing out the letter and he's reminding them, you're not alone. Right? The, the name of Jesus is, is breaking through barriers around the world. Economic barriers, ethnic barriers, social barriers, political barriers. Like it's bearing fruit. He's reminding us that we're not alone. And I think that's so fitting for us to remember that. Right now in Austin, Texas in 2022, that we are not alone. I get it. We live in a volatile day. There's headlines in the news. Austin, Texas is a challenging city. And as a follower of Jesus, it would be easy to feel like we're the minority. It would be easy to feel like we need to shrink back. It would be easy to feel like we need to kind of whisper when we talk about the name of Jesus. Like you're in the workplace on Monday, you're talking about what you did this weekend, you're like, oh, it was great, we went to church, and then we, you know, we, we opened up the scriptures, you know, you're like, I don't want to say it too loud, because somebody might hear, and <laughs> like, that's real, right, we all feel that, but God's word is reminding us that we're not alone, the Lord's going to provide, the city is his, he's going to work, he's going to move, he's going to take care of us. Listen, we got to be honest because when you start feeling when you start feeling that creep, when you start feeling like that that pressing in, you got you start feeling like we need to kind of shrink back. You know what we start to do is we start to we start to think to ourselves like maybe I should leave Austin. Not because the Lord is calling us to leave Austin, but because we think this is kind of hard. 
Like, I want to go to other parts of Texas with people who look like me and talk like me and think like me and raise kids like me because it's easy, right? That's what we start to think. We're not asking, is the Lord calling us to those places? We're just thinking it's because it's easy. And I got news for you. But as a follower of Jesus, as citizens of heaven, our faith is not a story of ease and comfort. Shock and awe. I don't know what other people are doing in the world. I don't know what's going on in the rest of Texas. But, but for those who are in Christ, read it. Read the scriptures. It is a story of beaten and bruised. It's a story of following Jesus. It's a story of pushing back darkness. I mean, just look at the man hanging on the cross. It's a big giveaway. Like, I don't know what people are doing. When they say they're in Christ and their pursuit in life is ease and comfort. Because that's not what God's word teaches us. God's word teaches us to lean in, to follow him, to push back darkness, to proclaim his name, to see people come to faith in all walks of life. Because when we walk and where we go, we carry the very words of life. That's who we are in Christ. So don't run from that. Don't shrink back from that. Lean into that. We go together and remind one another of that. If you're doubting that this morning, confess that to Jesus. If you find yourself shrinking back, confess that to Jesus. Repent. Repent for trusting in the headlines of the days more than Jesus Christ. Repent from that. Turn from that. Trust in him. Ask for his help. Ask for his help to trust him. Ask for his help to believe his word. Ask for his help to learn how to navigate the workplace and the neighborhoods and the conversations and to do it in a winsome and glorious way because that's what we see in God's word. That's what he's called us to as citizens of heaven. Amen? Amen. Will you close your eyes? Will you bow your heads? Will you pray with me? Father in heaven, we thank you so much for this morning.